For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. Check out evergreenpodcast.com for diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative programs with a wide range of lifestyle programming. Our network features entertaining shows and highly creative, uh, uh, highly creative shows with great production values and quality. This show tonight going to be a little different. We've got a lot of guests. We have some pers- uh, people in, uh, in person. We're live at pole position in Grimes, Iowa. Tony, what, for our listeners' benefit, is pole position? Uh, pole position is an indoor karting center that we are fortunate enough to be friends with the owner, right. Mark Bunnell, who's standing behind you. I don't know what he's trying well, to do. Well. But, uh, no, uh, we uh, a lot of fun. I, I typically spend more time here in the winter than I do the summer, and it's a, it's a place for uh, – Oh, Mark's carrying a, a switchblade. That's Switch. different. Uh, so <laughs> Never we're uh, held at knife point while on air. But it's pretty neat what he has going on. It's it's. Uh, we'll let him get on here and it's talk about popular. it. But there's a bunch of champions from all over, um, different different uh, disciplines of racing. We'll talk about them in a moment. I yep. do want to let you know that PJ Duran is back in town from New York. Tony Inc. back in town. From uh, the Loretta Lynn's Ed Camp helping us set up the show, as always. Mark Bunnell will be joining us here momentarily. I do want to welcome, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, thank Jack and Leanne DeLeon for helping assist last week in getting that show uh, put together and making it sound as good as it did. Tony, guests on the program as we make our way through the next two hours. Yeah, we're going to talk to John Grew, who he uh, won. He took second place behind Mike brown in the plus 40 and then he he owned the plus 50 class this guy i tell you what he's he just doesn't seem to age i don't get any and, and you know what you look at his style and you're like he's not going that fast and that's loretta's is a tough gig and he's got as many laps around that thing as it's just about anybody and he's got a ton of titles and he took home some more so he's going to be on also grant baylor who's currently 11th overall in the standings of the xc1 class in the gncc um he has won some national enduros and he, uh, this year, and he also is second overall in the Kenda National Enduro Series. So uh, Grant Baylor is always a lot of fun to talk to. And then he's part of the KTM group. And then uh, Mike Brown, who I raced with him. Well, we lined up next to each other, I should say. He's on a different level. But he raced the Senior 40 class. A lot of people give him a hard time about racing and, and at an amateur level again. And I don't really care. I think it's great. I think it um, as a guy that's racing in the plus 40, I think it it only um, you know validates what we're doing down there, how difficult it is, and and it's and it was a lot of fun hanging out with Brown. He's a good guy. So Mike Brown will be on. Also Barry Carson, who's a longtime Suzuki rider, he uh, he rounded out the podium in the Senior Forty class behind uh, Jonathan Groove. So 
Uh, Barry Carson, he's he also got second in the Masters 50 class, former pro motocross, supercross star. Um, he's accumulated quite a quite a few top ten finishes in pro races. And uh, if you guys remember back in the day, we had um, in, Moto Inside the Outdoors. There was a feature on him when he when he blew a tire in his camper and it like put a hole in his shower. You guys remember that episode? It's just it's just funny. So I I had a couple blowouts on the way home from Loretta's this week, and it made me think of Barry. And and then uh, yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this guy on. So I sent him a text, and and so that'll be our show for the for today. And then also um, Mark Bunnell's sitting next to me. Mark, you've you've got an event here. You've got a killer facility out here, man. Talk talk about the facility just a little bit, if you would. Um, pole position in Grimes, right off of 141, and then the event that you have going on today. Uh, thanks, Tony. We've been here six years, and um, we have a 40,000-square-foot indoor karting facility. Uh, our carts go up to 45 miles an hour. We have carts for juniors as small as 48 inches tall, and um, we, we've been doing it a long time. We run a race every 10 minutes uh, on weekends and open racing every day of the year. Uh, so the event we have tonight is, is what's called Race with the Champions. So what I did is I invited champions from uh, all kinds of different things, dirt trucks, uh, 360 Sprint Invaders from Australia. Wow. I've got, I've got IMCA champions, Lucas Off-Road champions, a Baja 500 champion who's you, but you're not going to race because you got to do the show. Yeah. I get it. Um, we've got some of our own league champions, and we've got uh, Litton Jeffrey from Australia, 410 Sprint Car champion, Dylan Book, who's the IMCA Rookie of the Year in 2009, He's won a couple of our leagues. He races, uh, he's champions at three different tracks. Uh, Aaron Olson, who's our very first league racer back in 2014. Oh, cool. And he's he's here. He still races with us. Is he Kate, good? What's yeah, his lap times? Uh, 17s for sure, right? A while, but he's going to be well into the 17s. Yeah, so that's better than me. Kate, Cade Higday, he's a 305 sprint car racer. Everybody knows Cade from Battle of the Barn. He's a cart uh, racer for years. Uh, Mason Mitchell, he's from ARCA. He's an ARCA champion here from West Des Moines. He were, he grew up racing motocross at my motocross yep, tracks and then went into actually freaking NASCAR. It was pretty awesome to watch that. Yeah, that kid, he's a good he's he's a good racer. Uh, and uh, Mike Hausman, 305 Sprint Car uh, champ. So it's going to be a great race tonight. Um, next week we actually have something I know you're, you're going to be interested in because you sometimes complain about the weight difference and the speed. <laughs> and so do I, being a 225-pound guy. But... Next week, we're having a thing called King of the Cart, where everybody, it's limited to 24 people, and then uh, you'll, we'll run eight people at a time, and it'll be four sets of two, and you'll wear, the light-weighted person will wear a weight vest to match their opponent. That's so awesome. So it's dual elimination, and then halfway through the 14-lap race, we'll stop and switch carts. So you truly, it's not going to be the cart, it's not going to be the weight My to complain butt. about. Right? Yeah. So you're all going to race the same carts. Yep. And then the best lap of each one, the winner goes into the winner's bracket, loser goes into a loser's bracket, and then at the end of the loser's bracket, the top two guys get to come back in. And uh, so it's a double elimination like That's they do. That's cool. Yeah, we've got a lot of things going on. We have This month we have uh, every Tuesday night something competitive. Tuesday night, uh, the 20th, we have an amateur open, which is uh, op- open for people who have not raced any of our competitive events or only one. Uh, one time so we want to get our leagues up and running and do a little better with leagues um, we 
normally get 8 to 16 on leagues. We'd like to get that up to 20 to 24 so we have have heats of both amateurs and a pro league going forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do corporate events, Christmas parties, birthday parties, bachelor bachelorette parties. We've done a we've had two, believe it or not, we've had two uh, um, wakes here. Two what? Wakes or visitations for people right? that have passed. Oh, really? Yeah, like that a little love, celebration love party. Of, yeah. yeah, and they come and do do it here. We've had a couple of those. Uh, we've actually had a wedding here once. <laughs> there um, it is. Yeah. Weddings and wakes. You've, you've covered the gamut, my friend. <laughs> I got it all covered. <laughs> but, you know, we've been doing this a long time, and uh, we average about 100,000 customers a year. Jeepers. Um, we've, we've done over 5,000 events, corporate events. Um, the cool thing is we're in the process of uh, next week on the 13th, I'll I apply for our liquor license with the city. So we'll be able to, you can, after you get done racing, after, Tony, after. A little bench racing. After you get done racing, you can uh, have, a, have a couple of drinks. So, I think he should, I mean, I realize there's probably like a liability issue and uh, safety concerns. But a little bit. Maybe we should rethink about the afterwards part. <laughs> maybe make it interesting. You know? uh-huh. uh, I don't know. That's, that's a whole bunch of not happening. So yeah. t- tell me what, so you, you've, and obviously if anybody doesn't know, Mark's a good friend of mine and he's, he is uh, responsible for running a lot of the uh, motocross races that I, I raced on as a kid growing up around here. He ran Adele and, and Sandcastle and tons of fair races where I made a good chunk of money every week or sometimes twice a week he would have tracks and we would show up for and and um so now your passion obviously is is uh karting and you ha- you run this place um now i'll be clear my passion is still motocross no i get that but i'm but okay, i love well, karting also but you love karting and yeah. and uh way more than i do i do enjoy it and it is awesome but you you do this day in and day out and and you you run a race every 10 minutes i couldn't I couldn't run my motocross track like that every time. It's taxing on me. Well, here's I mean, what I tell people. I tell them when they ask me about my business, I say it's like running a motocross race every day. Yeah. Every class is a C class, <laughs> and every rider is riding one of your bikes. So as a promoter. Sounds and, brutal. Yeah, and the only reason I quit promoting races is because you picked up the torch. And oh, well. that's why I retired. Well, I, that and I lost. Mike Hayes died. You want it back? My referee, no. Sounds like it'd be very difficult to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Anyone. Please. Yeah. Somebody run a race. Yeah. I, actually, you know, and, and the reason I started running races is because back in uh, 91, we were down to two tracks running yep. in Iowa. So I started, you know, with a borrowed tractor and, and, and I'm not kidding, $1,000. Yeah. Went to a fair board. Took videos of Jeff Ward racing and told them a story about how I was going to have these races and how they were going to make money and and uh, came true. Yeah, so, you so. know I was down at uh, Loretta's this week and and uh, I met with Alex Hunter from the AMA and and I talked to my friend Ron Henson from uh, Henson Clutches and uh, and a few other people and we were just talking about the end the motocross industry and and you know and we're working twice as hard to make the same money or less. Um, in in motocross and it's not just as a racetrack owner it's parts and it's it's bikes and everything and and what you know we're, we're talking about the b class and i said the, the the price of motorcycles has priced has has priced out so many people and you know and i've been beating that drum on the show for long as i can remember yeah and you're probably sick of hearing it but not at all but but ron brought up something that was really interesting. He said, you know, it isn't just the price of bikes. 
it's <clears throat> those kids that were on mini bikes or would have been on mini bikes in 2009, 10, when everybody took a hit. Mm-hmm. They got out of the sport and they didn't come back. Yep. And they ain't coming back. And, and the so kids aren't racing. The kids ain't racing because they, they, their parents didn't get them in bikes or they sold their bikes or whatever. So it's going to take a while to heal from that and we'll never see the numbers. But it's just interesting to, to uh, you know, to, to have that perspective. I didn't really think about that. You know, it isn't just the fact that price, motorcycles are eight grand now or whatever they cost, but eight. Yeah, but the guys who were on their way up. There's, you lost a whole. I mean, you lost a whole class of riders, is what you're talking about. We did. Tony, we lost a whole generation of riders, if you will. Yeah, yeah. That and the lead, the lead thing. It didn't that happen. Happened. It didn't it happen. Did. It wasn't that long though. The lead thing only it was only yeah, like a season. It, yeah, it was I bad press. It. it was at a bad time. It was. Yeah, it was. couldn't have happened at it a was worse time. Worst time. Yeah, yeah, and we lost a lot of dealers because of all of these things. And one thing, you know, I've been an AMA congressman for I think going on almost 20 years, and uh, I've worked with the AMA, and I've. I've got a couple of proposals that we've worked on off and on. One of them is a, a $2,500, $2,900 Target 50cc motorcycle that is somewhat uh, more advanced than a PUW, but not to the point of some of the other models. RMs uh, or YZs, you know, something yeah, in the in-between ground. Somewhere in-between. And then we've also worked on with the manufacturers. And I want to tell you, all the manufacturers are, are – on board with both of these ideas. The second thing that we've worked on the last four or five years is a $5,000 two-stroke 250 spec class. Dude, I'm telling you right now. You'd kill it if we could sell them. Suzuki needs to take their tooling to Taiwan or China or somewhere and make it super cheap on the RM250 because it was the best two-stroke. It would be so good. So good. I think they they all could feasibly do it. Um you know, I would I, I would want it at least to be liquid cooled, so it'd be somewhat a little more reliable. But I think if we can hit that five to fifty five hundred dollar price point, which is half of what a bike is now. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if it was fifteen year old technology, I mean, I maybe couldn't ride my nineteen eighty six Kajiva as fast as I can ride my two thousand fourteen yeah Yamaha, but it's I'd be very close. Did I saw close. this guy down at. Uh... Not me. I'm way better on my 450 Honda from Stormlink. Um, I saw this guy in the 50 class uh, riding a – he's a really good rider. But down at Loretta's this week, he was riding like a 1980-something or other CR250. I saw that too. You know, And another thing that awesome. I, I saw that I think kind of not helped our sport is, you know, there's the saying, if you win at Loretta's, you take your bike home in a box. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen several posts – with totally disassembled 50cc motorcycles. There was three kids I heard cheating, or or their parents were cheating. So they, there was there was a guy that said I'm I am protesting the top ten, or something like that. And turns out three of them were at, were actually breaking the rules. Yeah, and I get that, but I think it it sends a bad image to me to the that you could expect that. You know what I mean? We've all had issues. Thirty percent of them were though. Yeah. No. Yeah, maybe that maybe that'll fix it. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. You know, I, that's what I always said is, uh, you know, the couple of years that I qualified for Loretta's and didn't actually go in the four-stroke class, which now I wish I would have. Yeah. Um, but I said, I told the AMA, as an AMA congressman in a meeting, I said, I'm going to win Loretta's. And they're like, yeah, you're 40 years old at the time or whatever. You're not going to win that four-stroke class. I said, yeah, I am. I'm going to protest everybody in front of me for the sound because <laughs> nobody 
enforces the sound limit. And at that time, it was 102 dBs. I was riding a Husaberg that was actually pretty quiet compared to a lot of the other what the other people were riding. And, and I think, you know, I think it's it's a good sport and, and I love it. And I I wish I could do it right now, other than not having insurance. Um, but I do try to ride two or three times a year. As a matter of fact, I've raced with almost everyone on this list that you have here most of my life. Yeah, you know? John and, yeah. and Barry and Mike and yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and I just I think the sport is always going to be great. It's always going to be strong to me, but I think it needs a little bit lower price point. And yeah. we all agree on that. Yeah. No, no one's ever said no. They need to be this expensive, Tony. You have been beating this drum for a while. No one's ever stepped up and said. But you know what, man? an OEM or anyone, but they're not moving any moving the ball in the right direction either. We haven't seen. I spent twenty grand to go to the Redis. Yeah, it was twenty k, and and you did it in your own camper, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did it. Yeah, well, and you didn't have a diesel pusher, and <laughs> to be fair, I I did. I had a I had a diesel truck pulling a thirty eight foot fifth wheel ridiculous camper that I have, and then I had. Dylan driving my Sprinter van behind it, pulling my side by side with a trailer, because I wanted everything there. I did, and I stayed in a hotel. <laughs> so that's my boy. But Wisco paid for that's the why hotel I go on trips with you. Yeah, <laughs> it was really nice to have a shower as soon as I got done racing, and and then uh, and we cell phone access. We grilled, and yeah, it was it was awesome. And then at home, then at night, we went back to the hotel, and Sarah and Charlotte flew in midweek, and that was nice, and. It was yeah, actually I had a really good time. How far away is a hotel from Loretta's? Uh, where we stay, it's down on the interstate. It's only about ah ten minutes or so. And there's no big good, deal. There's a really good barbecue place there. Of course, I'm, I'm totally into that. You know, Rochelle's, and then uh, the log cabin. That kind of sucks, actually, the food there. But Rochelle's is so busy. Sometimes you go to the log cabin. So there's like there's air conditioning and restaurants and and cell phone service and like you know what I mean, a pool which I never. I never swam. There's a pool at the track too, but I didn't. But there's swim always that. some, also something pretty cool about re- getting done racing, watching the races, and walking into your camper and being done too. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah for sure. But when it's when it's bedtime, you know, if you got anybody else in the camper, the thing moves around or whatever, and it's just we'll just I'm, ask him not to have sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> one way. Oh, on that note, we better take a break. <laughs> it was a joke. All right, uh, we are actually going to take a break. I do want to thank. Um, some of our great sponsors, including Race Tech, and they did a great job for me down there. Big high five to Wyatt and Checkers at Race Tech. Uh, they they were down there, and after my motors, they come over and talk to me. And if you're part of the Race Tech family, you really are part of the family. And and uh, uh, for nearly 30 years, Race Tech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. You can visit their website at racetech.com. Jack, we're going to take a break if you're ready. And uh, we'll be back with more with uh, Mark Bunnell and team here at Pole Position and Grimes. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. There's more. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s. 
with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run, where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 